Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us and sometimes we're ready for it and sometimes we're not. Change can make us happy, it can make us sad, and for the most part it does make us anxious. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiva, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. I'm a longtime entrepreneur and a consultant who fixes people and organizational problems, and Catherine uses her C-suite experience and entrepreneurial spirit to facilitate organizational strategy. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Well, hi, Catherine. Here we are. We're starting season two of So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. Peggy, I can't believe we got through season one. When we <laughs> first started this idea of a podcast, who knew we'd be into seasons, multiple seasons? I know. So we have the first 20 seasons under our belt and we're... 20 episodes. 20 episodes. Yeah. Oh, it'd be something to have 20 seasons only. Well, it's to come. <laughs> So 20 episodes and now we're looking at changing the format up a little bit, you know, based on feedback from our listeners. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's coming up for us. I am too. And uh, I'm really glad we started where we did, where we knew the general, you know, kind of bones of what we wanted to do, but we didn't have everything exactly worked out. And and as you say, we got some feedback on it and using that to make a few minor tweaks going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be extremely interesting. We've got some really great guests coming up too um, in the lineup. But today, today, we have Catherine Greiba, my co-host, who's going to tell us about her story of change. So I'm pretty excited about this, Catherine, and I'll tell you why. Because you and I have known each other for a number of years. We have. But I don't think I really know about all of your story of change. So I think this will be really interesting. Uh, So you started off with uh, going to university to study phys ed as a major and business as a minor. Where did your career go after that? My first job was with the city of Saskatoon in well actually I worked as a lifeguard through school putting myself through school and I got my first full-time job with the city of Saskatoon in the parks and recreation department so that's where the phys ed comes in yeah sport administration that was my that's what I I mean I was I was athletic I was good in sports so growing up in a small town that's kind of what you did you went into phys ed and uh, the commerce part of it was was my thinking that I wanted to go into sport administration. So, you know, actually, I, I got a contract under Gord Garvey at the university when I was uh, just finishing university. So I guess my first job was with U of S, where I got a position through federal grant funding, non-traditional roles for women, which at that time was sport administration. And my job was to help uh, organize the national wrestling championships at the university. Oh, great. Great experience. 
Yeah, it was good. And then moved on to the city and stayed there for almost 34 years. Who knew? 34 years. So where did you start and where did you end up? I started in parks and recreation. I was a sports consultant. So worked at allocating sport uh, ball diamonds and, and ice arenas, helping sport groups with their grant applications. And um, yeah, you know, one thing about working in a large company is that it affords you, if you want, the opportunity to move around. So I changed jobs with the city between every three to five years. I had another position and just kind of, you know, step by step moved up. I, I got my first job was a supervisor of our customer services staff for the leisure centers in, in supervision and then moved into a variety of, of different positions within the department. And um, I was manager of the department in about, I don't know, 2008 or something. And uh, we had a uh, change at the city and the city was looking to do its strategic planning. So I said, you know, I'm really interested in that. So put my hand up and got that job. And then my, my final job with the city was general manager of corporate performance. So I was part of the senior executive team there and had a pretty big portfolio and, and um, yeah, great career. Yeah. And was it, um, was it really deliberate? Like, was it intentional as to how you moved uh, through that organization over the years or was it opportunity that came up and you just put up your hand and, and move forward? I think it was a bit of both Peggy. You know, I, I knew I would never stay in one job for, 10 or 20 years. Um, but I do remember there being a couple of opportunities that were temporary. And I always took them, even though they were temporary. And there's a bit of risk in going for temp positions because, um, you know, you know, I guaranteed, but took the risk and it always seemed to work out, always stayed in that position. Somehow it turned out to be permanent and uh, then kept going. So I think it was a bit of both that I planned to move around, but I wouldn't say I planned exactly that I was going to move from position A to position B. I, I was always just very open to what opportunities came next and, and took them. Oh, great. So you, but you had your eye on moving forward, like up, up the chain. I did. And I will say that I also was given some very interesting opportunities outside of the city that that early as a as a young woman that gave me the experience that I needed um, to to move up and and probably the biggest one was with the 89 Canada Summer Games where I was asked to be the vice president of sport on the management team and you know there I was working with Tony Dagnoni, Peter Zakreski, Paul Jasper, Moira Burney you know, people that were were well into their careers. And, and so they were all my mentors. And I really watched carefully what they did and uh, picked what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do watching them. And uh, it that experience helped me work with very large budgets, making management decisions, whereas my job in the city, I didn't quite have that opportunity yet. So I gained the ad experience outside of the city and then brought it in when I applied for different jobs within the city. So it sounds, Catherine, that your your mentors were 
outside of the organization. At that time, they were. Yes, at that time, they were. Absolutely. Yeah. So the did you ever have mentors inside the city as well? I did. Yeah, I had. I would say for the most part, um, you know, up until probably the last part of my career, didn't because the further up you get in in the organization, the mentors within are fewer and harder to come by. But always had at least one mentor within the organization, and probably three or four outside at any time in my career. Were there any challenges as you as you moved through and up in in that organization? I mean, were there challenges as far as, for instance, gender? Did were there challenges there, or is the city was the city pretty open? I would say the city was very open. Good. Yeah, I never felt a gender bias, actually. And I know that sounds, um, you know, that's not common, but that just wasn't my experience. I, when I bid on a job, as long as I was qualified, I I tended to get it. And um, so I didn't find the gender balance with, with city jobs. Yeah. So Catherine, was there something that you were offering that uh, really lent to your success in moving up that other people may not have had? Because it sounds, I, I shouldn't say this, but it sounds like you it was effortless. Like you just. <laughs> <laughs> that it was not. That it was not. <laughs> but it sounds like you, you, you were using some attributes or skills that, that got people's attention to help you move up through the organization. Yeah, I worked really hard. I I worked really hard. I was in early. I would take files home. I, you know, was always had a pretty big volunteer load at any one time in my career. So was doing doing that at the same time. And I think part of it too, one of the reasons, I mean, I love volunteer, I love this community, I love volunteer work, but I think one of the reasons that volunteer work was so important is it gave me a perspective of what people were expecting from the city outside of City Hall. And I think that helped in my decision making. I think that helped me to bring forward some of the things that we might not have been talking about within the city. So I don't know if that, you know, kind of gave me an edge or or a bit of an advantage but I worked really hard at that and plus I just I just worked really hard I put in lots and lots of hours so it was not effortless it was uh it was lots of work lots of hard work Mm -hmm. I think at one time you had told me that you had started at a fairly uh, lower down in the organization but but made a decision to consciously up your presence in mm. order to to move ahead and that you made that was a very deliberate decision on your part do you want to talk about that a little bit it was yeah it was and actually this was uh, this is a Moira Bernie story Moira probably would have been oh I don't know 20 25 years older than I than I was and she was a formidable person um, you know, one of the major fundraisers for the YWCA building that's there now. And she was in charge of fundraising for the Canada Games. 
And Moira would come to meetings and that woman was impeccably dressed. She had, her hair was always done, her makeup. She always had a suit jacket on, jewelry, nice shoes, just put together. And I was always so impressed. And I remember going to a meeting and I thought, I am going to do that. I am going to dress well every time I walk out of my house. Because prior to that, you know, I would, if there would be an important meeting, I would kind of dress up a little bit more for that. Um, otherwise, it was, you know, it was kind of business casual, I guess you would call it. But after that, I did make a decision and, and I made sure that I paid a lot of attention to what I wore. And that was Moira. That was Moira's influence on me. And I think that did, I think presence does carry some weight in, in your decisions and how you influence people in, I think, in your own self-confidence, it, it shows through. So I think that probably did have something to do with, with some of my success at the city. I think that's a great story because I think it's true. I think it's really true that if you, um, if you dress the, for the part that you want, <laughs> people will start to see you in that light. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. So, Catherine, um, your your story at the city ended rather abruptly. Do you, and there was a big, there was a change uh, for you in your career. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I was, uh, this would have been May of 2017, and I had about roughly a year and a half left on my contract. And there was a new new council. There were some changes afoot at the city. And uh, I was offered a different position. And I decided, I think I'm done. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to take this opportunity that was given to me. And it really was an opportunity. And so left the city. And decided that I would pursue what I had been thinking about for a number of years with starting my own business. But were you good? Were you good? Were you really good? Oh, it was. I mean, in any senior position, that opportunity is always there. There's no, there's no doubt. Um, and so, you know, I think I was expecting to stay in the position I was. In fact, I was expecting, not that I think. I was expecting to stay in the, stay in the position I was in until I, you know, the end of my contract. I had no intention of renewing my contract after that. I was fully planning to leave the city. So, you know, for sure there was a time, there was a time where, gosh, um, not sure why, you know, why did that happen? Why did that happen now? But it also really gave me an opportunity to move into some areas I never would have in a million years. I would not have been doing, probably wouldn't be doing a podcast today had I stayed with the city and, and left a year and a half later like I had planned to do. So what was your process? How did you, how did you uh, get to your vision as to what you wanted to do as a result of that change? Yeah, so there was, I was also, I mean, there is a grief, I find for myself, there's a, there's a grieving period. And I think it's whether it's your choice, or not to leave something that you're so invested in. 
there is a grieving process. And at the same time, my, my dad was dying. Uh, I left the city in May. My dad passed away middle of July. So it was going through, through all of that. So, you know, I first left the city. It was really focused on mom and dad and, and everything that we were going through. And then, you know, after a few months after that, I started to kind of go through the process of, okay, I have all kinds of choice here. Um, what am I going to do that I like to do? And what am I good at? And so I actually got sticky, big sticky notes. And uh, one of my mentors, um, he advised me to do this and put on one board things I'm good at, on another board things I like to do. And where they matched, that started to formulate the, the my suite of services. Because there are some things that I have skills at that I never want to do again. And there are some things that I would really like to do, but like nobody would pay me for my photography. I love taking pictures, but no one is going to pay me for that. So that's, and I just, I just started. And I also, the one thing that, that uh, I, I did a good job of was building a network in this community. And uh, it is, it amazes me still how strong a network can be and how a network can help you as you move through change. And so you just never know when your network is going to come to help you or when you can help them. And, you know, investing in the people around you, um, it, it, for me, it really was a benefit to me. It's really interesting, Catherine, that you say there were things that you were really good at, but you you decided that you never wanted to do them again. And I think so many people going through change when they're looking at a career change, they fall back on those things that they know how how to do, but they may not be thinking through, do I still want to do those? So I think that kind of self-awareness is so important to a successful transition. It's true, Peggy, because there's comfort in doing, whether you enjoy it or not, there's still comfort in doing it because you, you know it. And, um, but, I, but where I felt I needed to go is, you know, I, I, it's not like I'm starting my career. I'm on, I'm on the kind of the, the end of a working career. So I wanted to be very deliberate and conscious about how I spent my days. And I've also defined it and how do I want to spend my days? How do I want to spend the hours in my days? And I am absolutely loving what I'm doing. I love how I spend my days. And it's been a, really one of the measures of my success after leaving the city is how much I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Oh, that's really important. And, I, and I'm really glad to hear that because I think as you go through those processes of change and you get to that place of clarity, where you know this is, I've landed where I wanted to land. I think that's that's a really happy ending. When you look uh, back at the change that you've experienced, what are some of the insights or key learnings that you would pass on to others? One of the th things that I learned, and going back to the grief part, about changing again, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, is is I only allowed myself 
a certain amount of time every day to 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 think about what had happened and and so that grieving process um again it was it was layered on with with my dad's passing but still even moving from a job I was so invested with the city to not being there anymore you know I would start with an hour and I say okay well the next week it's going to be half an hour and then in two weeks we're moving down until I finally got to I allowed myself five minutes a day and you know it, it was it was that mindfulness about not allowing yourself to keep dwelling on it another thing that that really worked for me was reaching out to my network is is just making a list of all the people that I've worked with or or run into over the years have had you know occasion to either volunteer or or have some association with I called them and uh, it's amazing at how much people want to help you when you're trying to start a business and starting out the the support of this community has been extraordinary and the other is is um, you know continuing to use mentors. I continue to use my mentors and have new ones now, and uh, they're just really good to be have people that say, you know, Catherine, you should really rethink that, or that's something you should really try. And the mentors that I have found the most valuable are those that have told me that I am completely off the mark in some areas, and I need to hear that from them. So I've really treasured the uh, relationship I've had with my mentors. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Catherine. I think uh, it's really interesting that you allowed yourself to dwell on the past for shorter and shorter amounts of time at the front end of that change. Because I think sometimes people feel that they have to close that door and just get on with it. But actually, there is a process of grieving where you do need to close the door sometimes gently instead of slamming it and working through that because I think it really helps for clarity for whatever new venture that you're moving ahead into so that's really great advice so Catherine where would people find you on social media I my LinkedIn I have a LinkedIn if you just search Catherine Greiber and uh, my website my company's name is CRG Strategies so if you just Google CRG Strategies, my website is there and Instagram and Catherine Griba on Facebook. Great. Well, so what does CRG Strategies do? Um, what do we do? Well, strategic planning and board governance, which I love board governance. Just got my designation, uh, ICD designation through the Institute of Corporate Directors. So I'm so happy that I'm working in that space. And also I do help some clients navigate City Hall. Great. So still using some of that past experience to help you in your business. That's great. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. And it's it's been a lot of fun having you as a co-host on the podcast. Well, hasn't it been fun? And next time we're going to talk about you and we're also going to talk a little bit about how we got into this podcast and how it wasn't originally what we had planned to do, but it has morphed into 
really, I think, something better than we ever anticipated. It was a, a non-linear process. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks, Peggy. Okay. If you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom audio. Producers Peggy Kanick and Catherine Greiba. Executive producer Kanick Leadership Advisory. Audio editing and production Big Bang Studios. Sound engineer Hal Schrank. Theme music La Pompeii written by Chris Harrington. Music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.